God, God bless you all. You may be seated. I have said before that um, I, when I turned 35, my short-term memory committed suicide. And... Uh, I apologize, I still have not printed out your giving statements for last year. It's not because I don't want to do it, I just, I just can't seem to remember to press print, I guess. So, uh, with your prayers, I'll remember next week and we'll start handing those out. And I know, shame on me because I should have already done it. It's not my intent to withhold them, I just, uh, pray for me. Pray for me, I can start to remember certain things. All right, well... That aside, I want to take our attention today to two verses that are somewhat familiar with Bible readers. And uh, just because you're here today, and I'm glad you are, of course, that doesn't mean that you are a Bible reader. I hope that you are. But anyhow, I want to read the first couple verses of the Bible, Genesis 1, first two verses there, and then go to Exodus chapter 3 and read uh, verses 13 through 15. So many of you will, will know the first couple verses of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And now from Exodus chapter 3, verses 13, 14, and 15. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, what is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. And God said moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. Today I want to preach about the fullness and the void. Would you bow your heads and with me ask a blessing from the Lord. Heavenly Father, Pray right now for your anointing to be upon me that I would say something, Lord, from heaven, something worth hearing. Pray, God, that you touch me and touch these people, touch our ears to hear from you, touch all the babies who are upset today, that uh, parents won't lose their minds and no, neither will anyone else. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. The first couple of verses of Scripture 
already introduced controversy into theology, as simple as it should be, and, and it should be to understand that there was nothing and then there was something. Uh, you know, man has uh, a way of parsing things, splitting things, to make them extra complicated, right? There's a scripture in, in the Old Testament. I think it's a, a scripture of Solomon. He says, God made man upright, but we have sought out many devices. We invent ways to be stupid. And to be evil and to be cruel and, and crooked, we just do. But, uh, but anyhow, these couple verses, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void. So some people have taken that to, and extrapolated it a long way that, hey, the earth was already there, and then God made order out of it, and, and then that must mean that uh, we really have evolved over millions or billions of years and so there you have it, because it was there, it just didn't have the structure. I mean, you've got to reach a long way to come away with that as a solid doctrine, right? Anyway, it was void. It was empty. There was nothing, nothing there. But man, as he developed and as he grew, whether or not God spoke to him, he could look out and know there's got to be something else out there. There's got to be some force of nature. There's got to be some force in this cosmos. There's got to be something out there that has brought all of this into existence. And he called him perhaps by many names and created pantheons and multiplicities of gods to try to explain away what it was he was seeing and how he had come to be. Moses gets the opportunity to encounter the real thing after he had run from Egypt. As he sees the burning bush and says, I will turn aside and see this great sight for the bush is consumed with flame, but it is not consumed. It is not being burned up. And there God speaks to him about himself and about his people and gives him a mission and gives him a job to do. It's time to go back to Egypt to deliver our people. Moses, shrinking from the challenge, invents a few different excuses, you know. Huh, who am I that I should go, that you should send me? I, 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 don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't speak so good. I tend to stutter when I talk. If you send me, they will say, what is his name? And church, that question captures so much more than what it seems. Because as I said, man, as he grew in whatever country and in whatever culture, he just looked out and he said, oh, there's that big ball of fire in the in the sky that makes me warm, let's make a God out of it and called it whatever they would. And, and then the moon would come out at night and, and they said, it must be a God and let's give it a name. And, and the wind blows and let's give that a name. And here's the earth and it brings forth fruit. So let's give that a, a, a name of a deity, of, of a God, of, a, of something that we don't see and we don't touch and we don't, we don't smell. But, but we know it's got to be something out there that's making this happen. 
So when Moses says, what is your name? It's a confession that we don't know the names of God. Even though he was of the lineage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they knew as well. We don't know God's name. And God's reply is, well, this isn't in the King James Version. This is in the Dan Deaton Version. I'm not going to tell you. That was his answer. I am that I am. And there's no mystical thing about that. He literally says in the, in the old Chaldean or Hebrew, Hayah, I am. I exist. Tell them the one who exists has come. Is speaking. Tell them that the God of their fathers of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has come. I'm not going to tell you what my name is. But yet when we read scripture, we have these offices, titles, ideas. We read them as Jehovah. We read them as Lord. We read them as God. And in the ancient language, there are many words that just come to us as God. Just come to us as Lord. There is El, which simply is a simple word for God. It means strength. It means might. It means the Almighty. There is Eloah. The adorable one. Allah is a derivative of that, which of course is what the Muslims use. Elohim. A multiplicity of ideas. A multiplicity even of gods. A multiplicity of characters, characteristics. Adonai. Another way to say Lord. There is Yahweh, from which we get Jehovah, the self-existing, eternal one. El Elyon, most high God. El Shaddai, almighty, all-sufficient God. But when in English we look it up, we just say, oh, God. This lets us know we don't know what. If we're reading Genesis, we don't know his name. We have words that express an idea. We have words that express a thought and a concept. But we don't know his name. Further do the children of Israel compound this issue when since they do not know his name, but they do know this concept of the self-existing one, they do know this concept of of Yahweh or Jehovah, they say, well, that self-existing one, it is Jehovah. And, and after an experience, they say, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord is my provider. Jehovah Rapha, he is the one that heals. Jehovah Imkadesh, the Lord that sanctifies. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our banner. I think there's 12 compound names that through experiences, the children of Israel give a, a new idea to who God is and what he can do. Of those ancient words, El and El Elyon and uh, Eloah and Elohim and all of these things as a, 
a new initiate to reading the Bible and reading in old in, uh, of old languages, you would think, oh, well, this just this is unique only to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. That's the God, right? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But but what did I say that they did not know his what? His name. They did not know his name. So they used a word in as much as they could understand it to describe it. Would it surprise you to know that those same Canaanites and Phoenicians that the children of Israel were charged to banish from the promised land, those same people that sacrificed children in worship to their gods had a god named El. Would it surprise you to know that they used the word Elohim? Adonai. Would it surprise you to know that they had the idea, the concept, a word to describe a God, Yahweh? The Canaanites, the Phoenicians, had a great big pantheon of gods that they worshipped. Great big order of them and within them were these same names, these same ideas, these same concepts. And so, being known to the world, the pantheon of, of these polytheistic ideas, when Abraham says, God spoke to me, he didn't tell me his name, he had to pick some word. El, Elohim, Yahweh, as it came to people. And Moses, trying to cut through it all, says, well, is it time? Would you, would you tell me your name? And then I can go to the children of Israel and I can tell them your name. And what did the Detodian version of Scripture say? No. <laughs> I am that I am, the real version. Thou shalt say, I am, hath sent me unto you. I am, I exist, I am the fullness of all things. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form. It was what? Void. It was empty. It was hollow. There was nothing there. But because God is fullness and God is everything and God is all powerful, the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. And then he said, let there be light. And then he said, a whole lot of let there be's and a whole lot of let there be's did be. Came about, proceeded. The Bible, of course, makes this great mystery so much clearer for the one whose heart is open. When we open to the book of John and we see very similar language in the beginning. In the beginning 
was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I feel like I've read that before, but it's a little different. Flipping back to Genesis, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And, of course, John goes on to say that all things that are, that are here, all things that we see, all of creation is from him. And, and there is nothing out there that is created that did not come from him. And the word, in verse 14 of chapter 1 of John, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So his name is not El, and his name is not Eloah, and it's not Elion, or Elohim, or Adonai, or Yahweh, or Jehovah. What is his name now? You're telling me his name is Word? Or in the Greek, Logos? No. No, in fact, John, being a great writer, makes us uh, have even more anticipation when he says there was a man sent from God whose name was John. But he was not the Word. He bore witness of the Word. He bore witness of this great thing that all of humanity has been holding its breath for millennia to find out the name of God. And I'm here to proclaim to you today his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. His name is is Jesus. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, preparing the way for the Lord, preparing the way for this one. But of course, you as initiates know how that man came and how at uh, once or twice before his ministry really began, he showed some of the stuff that he could do and how he made people marvel at his wisdom and his knowledge at the age of 12 and before he began his ministry in the land of Canaan, how he turned uh, water into wine. But really then he starts a ministry with a great prayer and a great fast and the great temptation and the calling of disciples, only lasting for three and a half years and then being nailed to an old rugged cross. And I don't really know theologically if it makes more sense to say that the devil didn't know what he was doing or to say the devil knew exactly what was happening and he tried everything he could to stop it from happening. I'll let you decide. Nonetheless, Jesus died. Did you say God died? No, that's not what I said. I said Jesus died and this is the great mystery of Jesus, the great mystery of Christology, the great mystery of how someone that... that People saw, we beheld his glory. We saw it with our own eyes. It wasn't done in a corner. He didn't do it privately. He did it openly. His ministry was for everyone and anyone who wanted to be a part of it and anyone who wanted to see it. They, anyone who came to him and asked for help, did he ever turn them away? No, he healed them. He helped them. He blessed them. He encouraged them. He gave them what they were looking for. How could this, this being, this word, be both God and man, 100% God and 100% man. And some have concocted this idea that, well, you know, the sun somehow was always there. The sun was always there. 
Folks, Jesus has a birth date. I'm sorry if I'm boring you with all this deep theological thought, but, but I think it'll be worth it. Are you still with me? All right, no one needs any caffeine. Good. Jesus has a birthday. There was a time appointed. The Bible says when the fullness of time had come. The fullness of time had come. That's when the mystery was revealed. When the fullness of time had come. When God was ready to reveal himself. He stepped out of glory and in to flesh. And we beheld that glory full of grace and truth. He dwelled among us. Now John and Peter and James and Thaddeus didn't understand what was happening. I mean, they, they understood some. They, they saw in part. They understood in part. When Jesus asked them, who do men say that I am? They said, well, you know, some people think you're an Old Testament prophet. Some people just a new prophet. Some people even say somehow you're John the Baptist, even though he's right over there. So I don't know how they're getting that confused. But that's what people are saying. But who do you say that I am in Matthew 16? And it was only Peter that spoke up and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And I may not understand that, and I may not fully grasp it yet, but I know that the signs are apparent. I know that no one like Nicodemus said, no one can do what you're doing except he comes from God. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, Peter, but my Father which is in heaven. To have the nature of God, to have the name of God, to have the power of God... You cannot be something else. You must, in other words, if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck and acts like, it, it's what? It's a duck. So when, when Peter says, thou art the Christ, I, I think I remember somewhere when, when Isaiah was talking about this Messiah, thou shalt call him wonderful, counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. Hey, this is God with us, Emmanuel. Full, full, not void, but, but full of grace and truth. Full, full of power. Bible says in Colossians, Chapter 2, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after traditions of men at the rudiments of this world and not after Christ. For in him, in whom? In Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. All the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now, now, for a lot of Christendom, what that means is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. But where I opened was, was kind of something a, a bit wider than that. 
If not deeper, at least broader, at least wider. What are you talking about? I told you that the same words that the Old Testament writers use for God, the Phoenicians and the Canaanites use, right? You'll remember them El and Elion and Eloah and, uh, and, and, and Adonai and, and Yahweh and El Shaddai. They all use these great ideas and these great big words uh, that, that have been lost to the ages and, and we barely even really know how to pronounce them. And Paul writes to us and says, uh, Anything and everything that anyone has ever thought God was is in Jesus Christ. The fullness of the Godhead bodily. But you know, he also writes to us in Philippians. He says, let this mind be in you which also was in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God as I said, you can't be in the form of God and not be God. Who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be what? Equal with God. He was God. But made himself of no reputation. Taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God, Well, before we get to it, you know, it's funny how things get lost in translation, right? You're going from an ancient language to a modern one. Things can get lost. And sometimes we'll use 10 words to describe what the ancient language uses one word to describe. So when we read, but made himself of no reputation, how many words is that? but made himself of no reputation. That's six words, right? Would you be surprised to know that the Greek has one word? Kenosis? For for six words, it's just one word. Kenosis. In other words, what? What what is it? What does that really mean? He made of himself no reputation. What's the literal meaning? Emptiness. He emptied himself out completely. It's kind of like, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and empty. Hey, you know, if, just as a side note, this really doesn't have anything to do with what I'm talking about, just as as a side note. If you need God to do something in your life, you need to get stuff out of the way. You need to empty yourself out. You, you, You need to Get out of your own way. You need to not rely upon your own thoughts and your own ideas or your own bank account or your own whatever. You need to call upon God Almighty and say, I am nothing. I am prostrate before you. I have nothing good within, in, within me except you. I empty myself out completely of all that I have so that you can come and that you can do a work. You know, that's exactly what Jesus did when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. And though he had walked in the full power of God now for 33 years, and and if he wanted, the water would be wine, and if he wanted, the demons would come out, and if he wanted, the stuffed ears would, would become clear, and if he wanted, the blind would receive their sight. Can I get a witness right now? And if he wanted, he could just walk on the water through the storm. If he wanted, that power was just there. But Gethsemane, he emptied himself out. 
and said, Lord, I don't want to do this. What, was, what do you mean? Was he talking to himself? Well, yeah, kind of. You see, he's 100% God. And he's 100% man. And if there's one sure thing about any man, we don't like pain. I'll go one step further. Especially men. As compared to the fairer sex, right? It's just the way we are. It's just the way we are. We just don't want discomfort. And so the flesh cries to the spirit, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And empties himself out, makes of himself no reputation. And he was, of course, doing that even through his ministry. He didn't have an illustrious house, and he didn't have the the best horse in town. He comes riding into Jerusalem on a donkey, and and, and he he doesn't have fair garments. He's just ministering and, and taking whatever he is given. And he doesn't even plan for his death, right? He has no burial site. It's borrowed from Joseph of Arimathea. And he empties himself out completely in Gethsemane and says, you know what? God can't die, but this old flesh can. Did the church hear that? God can't die, but this old flesh, I'll say this, this old flesh will. And if I want to see a move of God through my life, in my life, I need to empty myself out so that he can do a work. I need to empty out all the junk so that I can be full of the Holy Ghost. Dan just needs to be a void of nothingness, just, just getting all of my ideas. All I think I remember reading somewhere in Genesis, right, about a man named Enoch who walked with God and was not. So effective as he, was he at getting himself out of the way. Therefore, he did not see death, but God translated him. Whatever that means, we'll debate another time. Jesus is the fullness, and Jesus is the void. Jesus is the beginning, and Jesus is the end. Jesus is Alpha, and Jesus is Omega. Jesus is first, and Jesus is last. Jesus is all in all. Jesus is everything. Jesus is the Almighty. He is the El and the El Shaddai. He is the Adonai, and he is the Yahweh, and he is the all in all. You know, there are, are folks so persuaded, so persuaded, so persuaded that, that God's name is Jehovah. Oh, we even read it today in Exodus. This is my name, and it will be my name forever. Right there in Exodus. But we know good and well he didn't give him a name. We know good and well. We know good and well he didn't give him a name. He said, I am that I am. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that's my name forever. But, of course, we don't like to do study because it's hard, Right? And the word name in that context can mean certainly name. Most of the time it does. It can also mean fame or infamous. It can mean renown. In other words, my identity. 
right? Now that's a name, right? My identity, it's part of the, of, of, of the identity. I am what I am. I am self-existing. That's, that's the mystery when John says, in the beginning was the word, the self-existing one. And the word was with God, and the word was God, that self-existing one, came, put upon himself the form of a servant, emptied himself out of all his divinity, all of his deity, so that he could walk the road of Calvary. That his blood, that perfect blood, could wash over you and I and every other creature called human. Cleanse us from our sins, being the fullness and being the void, being the everything, being the I am. Not being the I was, not being just the I will be, but uh, being the I am. For before Abraham was, I am, is what he said. Before Abraham was. I am. My spirit existed before. I just didn't have a body until the incarnation. I didn't have a body until, until the fullness of time. And my name, thou shalt call him Jesus. Mary, Joseph, thou shalt call his name Jesus. And at the name of Jesus, getting back to Philippians, where I left off. And at the name of Jesus, God hath so highly exalted him and given him a name above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and those under the earth and, of, uh, and, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of the Father. I know a name higher than any other. I know, I know a name that means all of the other concepts, all of the other would-be names wrapped inside of it. The name of Jesus, what the Canaanites and Phoenicians uh, tried to worship in, in brutality and in ignorance, uh, what the Israelites tried to worship and failed so miserably for so many, so many centuries, revealed to you and I, Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus, Lord of all. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I don't know when, when you hear it, but when I do, it grabs my attention. I don't know about you, but when I hear the name Jesus, something happens uh, within me. When I hear the name Jesus, you, you, you are going to get me to, to look up and, and to pay attention, to see if what you're saying is right or wrong, to see if what you have to say is the truth or not. Because if you think that you have truth outside of Jesus, you are wrong, for he is the way, the truth, and the life. 
life. He is the Almighty. He is the one that was, the one which is, and the one which will be. He is the rose of Sharon. He is the lily of the valley. He is the bright and morning star. I wish I had a witness right now who knows that he fills the void. He is the fullness. He was there when there was void and the spirit was just shaking. It is him, the all in all, the almighty, the El Shaddai, the El Eloah, the El Elyon, the, the Adonai. It is Jesus. And we can serve no other. He is that great mystery revealed. Even the prophet Daniel recording him in the dream of Nebuchadnezzar says, I saw a stone cut without hands and it smote the empires of the earth. They became like chaff at the threshing floor. But we didn't know his name. We see a likeness of him when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in the fiery furnace. I looked in there and I saw one like unto the Son of Man. Now, what does that even mean? That don't mean anything. The Son of Man, well, it means he looked like a man. We get a further description of that in chapter 7 of Daniel. Uh, I, I beheld until the Ancient of Days came, and then the Son of Man, he gave power. The Son of, what does that mean? Look like a man. But it's not, it's not for nothing that Jesus, when he described himself, called himself what? The son of man. The son of man. That's why when, when he used that in Nazareth, they wanted to throw him off a cliff. You claim to be the Messiah? You claim to be the one that Daniel spoke of, that Isaiah spoke of. You claim to be the one that we've been waiting for. We know you. How dare you? We're, we're holding on to the void here. We're holding on to the mystery here. We're holding on to the emptiness and all the unknown here. How dare you come and answer our questions? How dare you come and make, make us understand things? Oh, yeah. How, how many love to have a miracle? Shout amen. amen. And Jesus was a miracle. But did you know you can grow to resent your own miracles? I mean, I think someone was sharing this. Was it yesterday at, at, at Men's Huddle or some, some, maybe on Wednesday? I can't remember now. Someone who, a preacher came up to and he said, you want me to pray for healing? And he said, no, I need my checks. In other words, he was on disability. I wouldn't want my healing. I wouldn't want my answer. Uh, you know, with the answer comes responsibility. Hey, if you want to meet Jesus Christ and you want your healing, it becomes an obligation then to serve him because you now know him. You have understanding of him. If you have the witness of the Holy Ghost living inside of you, you've got an obligation to spread that word, to spread that message. Amen. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Why? To be witnesses. Of that same Jesus, of that same gospel, of that same message. Oh, it's kind of like he said, go into all the world, right? 
Go ye therefore into all the world. Preach to them, teach to them, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Now, as we're working towards a conclusion here, can I just ask you, is Father a name? No, Father's a title. It's an office. Is Son a name? No, it is not. It, it, it is a, it's a title. It's, a, it's an idea. It's a concept. But it's not a name. Holy Ghost simply means other or separate spirit. Right? Separate spirit. Different. Unlike others. But is it a name? No, it's, it's not a name. In, in, in like manner, can I ask you, is, are there any countries named country? Are there any states named state? Are there any cities named city? No. But I did see a city once named where, which could get confusing. Where do you live? Where? Who's on first? I don't know. Third base. <laughs> Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. But that is not his name. And this should have been easy for us to understand for a long time. Because again, when Isaiah speaks of him in chapter 9, you shall call him Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. When people fail to understand this, I like to ask them, well, who why is the Father the Father? What is he the Father of? And there are only two acceptable answers to this question. Creation or Jesus? That makes sense, right? If he is the creator, what is he the creator of? He's the father, what is he the father of? But scripture is not ambiguous about who created the world. We read it. Jesus created the world. Scripture is not ambiguous about who overshadowed Mary when she conceived. The Holy Ghost overshadowed her and she conceived. So what is the father the father of? Yes. Yes. Creation and Jesus. It's our failure to understand the mystery revealed. It's our failure to understand who Jesus is that cripples so much of Christianity. For if we can understand who he is, we will see him high and lifted up in his glory. Not only filling the temple, but filling the whole world. We'll worship him not for the miracle. We'll worship him for who he is. The fullness and the Lord and everything in between. Captured so well in the old song, stolen from the opera song. Down from his glory, ever living story, my God and Savior came, and Jesus was his name. Born in a manger, 
to his own a stranger, a man of sorrows, tears, and agony. Would you stand with me? Oh, how I love him, how I adore him, my breath, my sunshine, my all in all, the great creator became my savior and all God's fullness dwelleth in him. What condescension bringing us redemption that in the dead of night not one faint hope in sight God gracious tender laid aside his splendor stooping to woo to win to save my soul would you raise your hands as we sing oh how i love him how i adore him my breath my sunshine my all in all, the great creator became my savior and all God's fullness dwelleth in him. Without reluctance, flesh and blood his substance. He took the form of man, revealed his hidden plan. Oh, glorious mystery. Sacrifice of Calvary, and now I know thou art the great I am. Oh, how I love him, how I adore him. My my sunshine, my all in all, the great creator became
my Savior and all God's fullness dwelleth in Him. Why don't you speak to the Lord for a moment? void, if you feel empty, it's a good time to speak to him, to pray to him, to come to this altar as we open it. If you feel full of torment and you feel full of the world's devices, it's a good time to come forward and empty yourself that he might fill you. He'll meet you in the void. He'll meet you in the fullness. He's been there. He's walked that road. This altar's open. We're going to have a song. Let's speak to the Lord, church. Let's worship him for who he is, that El Shaddai, that Adonai, that self-existing one. Worshiping him not just for his acts, but for who he is. Oh, we glory in you, Jesus. Yes, it's sweet to 
trust in Jesus just from sin and self to cease just from Jesus simply taking life and rest and joy and peace Jesus Jesus how I trust him how I've proved him o'er and o'er Jesus Jesus precious Jesus oh for to trust, trust him more. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I proved him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for trust him more Jesus Jesus precious Jesus oh for grace to trust him more oh for grace to trust him more today there's two requests that that um, came to mind I was made an, uh, aware of just a little bit ago one uh, Gary let us know last night Gary Sluss that let us know that Franny I guess was taken to the hospital for possible heart attack I pray that you keep keep her and Gary in your prayers and pray for them right now. Also, um, I don't know if you know, you uh, remember the pastor from Perry, uh, Bill Thompson. Yesterday, we got word that his father passed away um, of pneumonia. Um, 
don't know any more details than that. Just let's let's call out their name also. I know that that my son-in-law Bradley, that was his, that was like his earthly idol, was his grandfather. And knowing how how it affected me to to lose my dad, the man that I always went to with questions man that I always went to, Dad, I need you to pray. This family lost that patriarch yesterday. As we pray dismissal, let's lift up these names. Lord Jesus, Lord, I thank you for the name that you've given us. I thank you, Lord, for the spirit, Lord, that you've allowed us, Lord, to feel. Lord, I pray, Lord, first that the words that you have spoken to us would be hidden in our hearts, Lord, that it would be written upon our hearts, Lord, that it would not be easily forgotten, Lord. This name, this name above all names. And Lord, it is now upon this name that I call that you reach down. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you touch Francis, Lord, that you touch her body. Lord, touch Gary, Lord. Oh, Lord, you know all the needs in this family, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would intercede. And Lord, I pray, Lord, for the Thompson family. Lord, that has has lost this patriarch. I pray, Lord, for the church in Perry, Lord, that you would be with this people, Lord. Lord, during this time. And Lord, I pray that you'd be with us, that you keep us in your hands. Lord, that you show us our, your will for us to do this week. Lord, protect us and bring us back safely to your appointed hour. And it is in that most powerful name I pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen.